Good evening, Hampton Roads. Welcome to another edition of Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. Together we come to you live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month to dialogue with you, take your calls. If you have a question or comment relating to your personal financial situation, then we'd love to hear from you. All we need is your first name, city you're calling from, and no matter what Alice and I are talking about, if it's important to you, then it's important to us. We'll get you right on air. 627-7979. That's 627-7979. Wealthway Financial Advisors is the proud sponsor of Dollars and Common Sense. We are an independent registered investment advisor, which means we're legally held to a fiduciary standard to put our clients' interest ahead of our own in any business dealing. And that's the way it should be when you work with a financial advisor. As the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. So by design, we can't work with everyone. We work with a relatively small group of high net worth individuals, but that's one of the reasons we feel so strongly about coming here every second and fourth Tuesday at 6 p.m., and that's to reach out and help as many people in the Hampton Roads listening area as we can achieve your measure of financial success. Because it is a core belief at Wealthway Advisors that the overwhelming majority of people in this country have the opportunity for financial security if they choose it as a choice. Because it takes some time, it takes some effort, and it takes some knowledge. We are here to help. You got to take that first step, though. Pick up the phone. Give us a call, 627-7979. Whether you want to talk about anything having to do with the investment markets, the economy, insurance products, life insurance, health insurance, property casualty, taxes, tax planning, tax reduction strategies, retirement planning, retirement plans, 401Ks, 43Bs, TSPs, 457s, mortgage options, Social Security claiming strategies, or estate planning, wills and trusts. All that and more falls under the umbrella of personal finance we are here to discuss tonight. 627-7979. Good evening, Allison. Good evening. Welcome to your last final duties before you head off on vacation. Well, work, work. I'm sorry. Work and play. It's a conference, <laughs> An educational Allison. conference, Edu- I know. A, a business educational <laughs> conference that happens to be on the beach in Florida. I can't help where <laughs> they place these things. Right, you're right. I go where the knowledge takes me. <laughs> well, good. Learn something for me. Bring it back. <laughs> uh, tonight on the show, we want to talk about investing. We usually focus more heavily on financial planning topics because we think that's actually what's most valuable for people because that helps them answer life's big questions. You know, am I saving enough? When can I retire? Can I buy the beach house? All those good things are financial planning questions, but the engine of a financial plan is the investment portfolio. So investment management and investing is a big piece of the financial plan, and we want to address a little bit about our investment philosophy and give you some fun facts. I'm going to say fun, even though most people won't agree that it's fun, but fun facts about bear markets since we're we're dancing along the line of a bear market right now. Right. We don't do one without the other, 
at Wealthway, um, we don't do just investment management or financial planning. We do both combined because we've learned through the ages that that is where the maximum value comes from. You have to do both together if you want the best financial outcomes. So, um, a big while we are normally talking about financial planning topics here, given the state of the market, sometimes it's appropriate for us to pause and focus in on the investments and what's going on in the investment markets to help usually provide some perspective and calm any nerves that are out there. But before we do that, we do have a couple callers on the line. So let's go to those callers. First off, John in Virginia Beach. Good evening, John. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I got a question. When I look up my Social Security benefit, well, that does that include my Windfall Elimination Act um, mm. deductions, or do I got to plug that in myself? Do you know? Yeah, good question, John. So are you a part of a pension plan that is subject to the windfall elimination? Yes, I did 18 years with the local city here. Yeah, okay. Okay, so that is what's very misleading about the Social Security statements because, no, the Social Security statement shows your benefit without factoring in the windfall elimination Plan. So you are programmed. You have to do the math. Um, They can run it for you if you're close to claiming and serious. You can make an appointment and have them uh, assess it. But uh, you can probably easily do the math. I think there's some calculators on their website. Their website, ssa.gov, is actually not terrible. So you can probably pull up. Yeah, I've been on it. Mm -hmm. It's not that bad. Yeah, I did 18 years not paying in, and now I'm going to do 20 years paying in. So hopefully that'll help. Yeah, hopefully it will help. Um, but it's good that at least you're aware of it because we we certainly know people who had no idea that that was going to be the case, right. and then that's not right. a good surprise when you go to claim your Social Security no, benefit. Not. Yeah. All right, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. All right, thanks for the call, John. 627-7979. Another John. Down Chesapeake this time. Good evening, John. You're on Dollars and uh, Common Sense. Good evening, folks. Um, thanks for, for being here to take calls. Um, I would like to know, um, my home is worth around $500,000, and I'm getting on in years. Um, we have a severely disabled daughter that lives with us, and when I pass on and my wife, we would like the house to go to my son. Uh, he's agreed to take care of our daughter and everything, but is that a good idea in terms of taxes and, and things like that? If he's already on the deed when we pass away, you know, would the house be automatically his with no questions about having to pay tax on it or anything? That's a really good question, John, because a, a lot of times people do go through the steps of adding their children onto their house or even an investment account, thinking that that will just make it administratively easy that when you pass away, they'll just assume ownership and it's the easiest way to handle it. But that can actually cause some unintended tax consequences. If Uh you were actually to just leave the house to your son at your death, there would be what's called a step up in basis where the whatever the fair market value is of the home at the date of your death, that would be his new 
basis. And then if he were to ever sell the property, he would only have to pay tax potentially on the gain above the basis. If you have him as an owner and you pass away, then he doesn't get a step up to the fair market value. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I would, heard a, uh-oh, he John, is he already on the deed? No, no, we, 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 the idea is new to us and um, we have five other children in addition to him, but they're all in agreement you know, with, with this particular situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did I did question the mortgage company, and they told me that the only way he could be put on the deed is if we refinance. We would have to refinance, and, of course, rates are starting to, to really skyrocket now. You, know? you don't have to have – you don't typically have to have all owners of a property on the deed. Yeah, that one – is either unique to that mortgage company or maybe you didn't get the most experienced um, person there because this is uh, it, it, it's a more sort of advanced transaction. But regardless, you don't want to do it this way anyway. Okay, so don't, okay. don't go through with it. Um, Are you working okay. with an estate planner at all, an attorney? We've, we've got all the necessary documents done. I'm 75 and my wife is 74. And um, we've got all the necessary. Right now in the will, the only change we would have to make is to specifically leave it to one of our children. Right now, there, you know, it's, I guess it would be divided among all of them. And that's what prompted us to start thinking we better we, – because, you know, when a, a disabled person gets used to their surroundings, mm-hmm. you know, it would, it would be quite tragic on my wife and my part to – think of her having to be institutionalized sure Mm -hmm. and so when you drafted those documents was there an attorney that specialized in estate planning that did those documents for you she specializes in elder law and family law not necessarily estate planning per se and to be honest with you, we don't have a huge estate. The house is the only major asset that we have. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's no stocks, bonds, or, or anything like that, and just very, very small savings, you know, not even enough to mention. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the, house, the house is the only asset that we would, we would pass on. And okay. What, what we have agreed to is um, he will take it. He lives with us now, so it's, no, it's not going to be a change of lifestyle. But in the future, if he ever decides to sell the house, he would divvy up the profits among his brothers and sisters, whatever, you know, the, there's, there's a, a fair amount of equity in the house right now. But the main reason would be to allow him to own the house so that your disabled daughter could stay there as well, correct? That, that's correct, yes, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, something to watch out for. You just want to be careful if um, at some point, if that chain of events happens, and I know it's a lot of different things that would have to take place first, but you'd want to be careful about leaving anything to your disabled daughter if she's getting any sort of government benefits because that could disqualify her. Exactly. I'm glad you mentioned it. That's that's definitely true. And, okay. Uh, it's it's been a battle, but we've we've been successful. But just so I don't take up too much of your time, uh, your recommendation or suggestion is that uh, leave it 
specifically to him in the form of a will. Is that include him in the will for the house? Correct. Pretty okay. Yes. Well, thank you, thank you yeah. so much. That, that's good advice, and I'm glad I just happened to hear you tonight and give you a call. And thank you for for being there. I really appreciate it. All right, John. Thank you. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Six two seven seven nine seven nine. We're going to step away, take a short break. We're going to be right back after these messages. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM 790 WNIS. And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, check us out online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, put your name and address in the dialog boxes there, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. That's all you use your name and address for is just to send you the information that you request. WealthwayAdvisors.com. All right. Tonight we're going to address the current market volatility and specifically give you some fun facts about bear markets. So uh, while bear markets are terrifying, and we don't want to... Um, not recognize that or invalidate those feelings. It can be very unsettling. It can be very scary for a lot of people. They are normal. They are inevitable. And most importantly, they don't last forever. So we want to give you some information around bear markets and some statistics that can hopefully put your mind at ease. And we'll talk about what you should be doing when you come up against a bear market. Yeah, so to put things in context here, if we look at the S&P 500 index, um, it peaked on January 4th at about 4,818. As it sits as of Today, it's at 3,941. That's an 18% decline from its absolute tippy-top all-time peak to where we are today. Uh, There's no really official uh, designation for a bear market. It's kind of a colloquialism that has developed through the years just to to add, I guess, more fear to the idea of a declining market. Um, but is typically thought to be a 20% decline from peak to trough or greater um, would be considered an official bear market. And as we sit here today, we're down only 18%. And while there have been some intraday moves down below that level, um, we have not closed below 18 or we have not closed below 20% as of yet. And as Allison was saying, in our world, this is all normal and natural and something that we've 
plan for, we build into our financial planning analysis. We know uh, that there are going to be bear markets from time to time. On average, about one every six-ish years or so. So if we know that that's part of the investment process, then it would almost be you know dereliction of duty if we didn't plan for it. So we always bake these into our financial planning modules because they are a reality and and they're a, a fact of regular investing um, uh, life. What we don't know is exactly when they are going to happen, how deep they're going to go when they occur, and how long they're going to take to recover. Now, we know averages around all of that, but no one, and I repeat, no one can consistently time bear markets, market movements in the short run. So the people who try typically end up with a much more negative financial outcome than those who just accept the fact that these are a reality of the investment process and manage their way through them. Yes, I think oftentimes people think they need to do something, need to take action. And oftentimes what you need to do is stay the course. If you are a long-term investor that has a properly diversified and appropriate portfolio, then you the best thing you can do is stay the course and, depending on the phase of life you're in, add to your investment plan. Because bear markets can actually be a very good thing for people who are still accumulating or saving for their nest egg. It's buying on sale. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you're in the accumulation phase, if you're still working, still earning uh, income, and maybe you're contributing to your company retirement plan, the 401k, the TSP, the 457 plan, well, every contribution you make to the plan just means you're buying more shares at a lower price. And when the eventual, inevitable market recovery comes, then these are some of the, these are some of the best prices you're going to get on those investment uh, investments in the plan that you can find, and this is what this is where the big money gets made. Those who have the courage to stay the course um, and work their way through the current temporary downturn. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're going to pause for our first fun fact about bear markets. Let's see if you know the answer to this. Why is it called a bear market? Because the market goes into hibernation oh. like a bear does in the winter. I hadn't heard that. That's, See, that's my I like that. Well, I'm sure I picked it up from somewhere else. <laughs> I, I didn't create it. Okay, well, I was reading, and um, one theory is that it's based, It's from back when there was pioneer trading, and the people who traded bear skins would sell it before they actually bought it it's like futures <laughs> and um they would hope that the prices would go down so they'd be paying less for their bear skin so bear became synonymous synonymous with declining market do you believe that no that sounds too complicated oh okay or some believe that 
it's it has something to do with bears how they attack that they swipe their claws downward and that's why it's a, a downward trending market <laughs> hey i'm trying here i like the hibernation <laughs> i do too <one>. actually <laughs> <laughs> it's simpler yeah um yeah, so so like like we were saying, uh, this is normal and natural in our world. Uh, it's getting a lot of press lately. You're seeing it on TV a fair amount. There's a lot of concern about inflation, rising interest rates, um, uh, the new variants of coronavirus, obviously the war in Ukraine, all these leading to a downward market. There's always a crisis of the day. There's always something causing, giving a reason for the market to climb. That's what we're looking at right now. All right, we're going to stop right here, take a break for the news. We'll be right back after these messages. Get your calls in now, 627-7979. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790, WNIS. And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison Dubril, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, put your name and address in the dialog box, choose the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. That's all we use your name and address for, just to send you the information that you request. And if you want to, if you got some nuanced questions and you want to give us a call at the office, talk things through, you can do that at 757-456-2200. Want to remind everybody, our next show will be in three weeks this time, just due to the way the calendar falls. So Tuesday, June 14th at 6 p.m. as usual will be our next live show. Or you can catch this show as a rebroadcast on Saturday morning following the show so sometime between 7 a.m and 12 p.m i guess on saturday mornings will be a rebroadcast or we've got it up on our website as well you can always check back on our website we had the last four or five shows there and for those who can't get the show live you can always get us as a podcast wherever you get your podcast search for dollars and common sense download us take us with you wherever you go and finally if you just want to stalk us on social social media, we are on Facebook and LinkedIn. No, not stalk, be friends with us. Oh, okay. Is that, what, is that what we're doing? Yes, it's friendly. Is that what the kids, kids are doing? <laughs> no, All the right. kids are not on Facebook. <laughs> That's for true. Or LinkedIn. <laughs> right. Well, we but are, we are. We are not on TikTok, uh, Snapchat, or Whatever uh, else Tinder. there is. Yeah, oh, so. God. <laughs> so we're just Facebook and LinkedIn. You search for Wealthway Financial Advisors, hit the like button, and we'll be friends. Yes, we'll be friends. All right. All right. Tonight, we're talking about bear markets. We're going to give you some facts and figures to hopefully demystify bear markets, hopefully make you feel a little better if you're feeling uneasy about what's been going on in your portfolio lately. Uh, we can 
talk about the definition of a bear market. I guess there's a little bit of debate about that, but uh, typically it's defined as a fall of 20% or more of a an index from its previous peak. So if we are uh, looking at the S&P 500, the previous peak was on January 4th at 48.18, and we haven't quite hit bear market territory, but we've been kind of dancing around the 18% decline range for a little while now. Um, the average decline of a bear market, if we look back all the way to 1929. The depression. The depression is where a lot of the, the statistics and the historical data goes back to. The average bear market decline has been 33.5%. But of course, that's been violated before. There have been a few times where the bear market has been uh, more severe than 33.5 than the average decline. In fact, the most recent bear market was in March of 2020 when the coronavirus was just starting to become a recognized serious pandemic. And we had a very quick decline of 36% from the peak. I think it was within three like weeks. three to four weeks. The fastest. The fastest bear market in U.S. history. In history. But then followed uh, quickly after the fastest decline was one of the fastest recoveries. Almost the fastest recovery, yeah. Mm -hmm. So knowing that there's going to be a bear market every so often and that there's average declines of about 30%, we build that into our planning when we're designing portfolios and designing uh, financial plans. Yeah, I want to I want to say a word about you know what what happens when you go through a bear market. There's there's a lot of talk in news media and from some other advisors that you lose money in the market. You lose money in a bear market. You don't lose money until you sell at a loss. We plan for bear markets, so that's just a temporary decline in value and no reason to panic or no reason to sell. Um, so losing money is usually a human phenomenon. It's something that the investor himself does to himself because he doesn't like to see the value of his investments decline, and so in order to stop the bleeding or ease the pain, he sells his investments and then parks it in cash. Well, the, pro the problem is then typically you're most likely to miss the inevitable recovery or at least a good chunk of it. That's how you lose money in by investing. It's not the investments themselves that have lost money, unless you're investing in individual stocks, then yes, a company can go out of business, which means its stock goes to zero. But if we're talking mutual funds or exchange trade funds, uh, the investments in your 401k plan, your company retirement plan, most all of those are, are a, in mutual funds. Those are baskets of stocks. Those don't go to zero and stay there. So most people are their own worst enemy when it comes to investing. You lose when you sell in a loss position. 
if you are willing, if you have a strategy and investment philosophy in place beforehand, then you know that these are inevitable. You know that they are temporary. And if you are in the accumulation phase, then you take advantage of them by adding more money when prices are lower. It's counterintuitive. Everyone says it. Everyone knows what you're supposed to do. Buy low, sell high. But very few people can actually get themselves to do it that way when it when the time comes. It takes guts. It takes courage. Mm-hmm. It takes a plan. the opposite of what most people are doing. Right. So it's difficult. All right. So we've established a bear market is a decline of 20% or more from a previous peak. Now, how often do bear markets occur? Oh, and I should say the average decline over history has been 33.5%. Now, how often can you plan on these occurring? And it, it does depend on the source of information that you're looking at and what they count as a bear market. But um, in our book, it's every about six, mm-hmm. seven years. Mm-hmm. Once every six to seven years, you could expect a bear market. Even once a year, you could expect a drawdown of up to of 14% or more. That would be completely normal. Yeah, the average decline in any calendar year is 14 percent so if that frightens you if that unnerves you then you probably shouldn't be an investor in the first place because you are likely to do the wrong thing at the wrong time at some point in the future Mm -hmm. these these are things that we say are baked into the cake this is normal statistical analysis around normal market movements and would not be a source of concern for us at all. It's the price that we all have to pay. This volatility is the price that we all pay for above average long-run rates of return that you can't get in bank assets. You can't get in CDs. You can't get in bonds. If you want to enjoy a higher long-run rate of return, then you have to accept temporary uh, periods of below average market return. Mm-hmm. That's how finance works. Mm-hmm. Risk and reward. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the causes of a bear market because you already kind of mentioned it, but I think it's worth going back to. What causes bear markets? Well, if you turn on the TV, every person might give you a completely different answer today as to what is the cause of this bear market. And really, it could be anything. It could be any crisis of the day. It could be higher interest rates, inflation, um, military conflict, geopolitical crisis, um, politics. It can be any number of things, but it doesn't mean that it is going to lead to a recession. So bear markets and recessions aren't always tied together. So I think that's something important to know that there can be some temporary reason that people panic, but really on any given one day, it just means there's more sellers than buyers. Mm -hmm. And the reasons why are legion i mean there's there mm-hmm. there's dozens of them um all you can really say at the end of the day is there were more sellers than buyers and that causes price to decline but yes a bear market doesn't in and of itself typically ever cause a recession 
what typically happens is bear markets precede or foretell a recession. The exception probably being the bear market of the Great Depression. Um, that one, I think historians have largely um, uh, said agreed. that, yeah, agreed that um, that stock market decline was so quick and so disastrous that it probably did cause um, the recession, which was so deep, we now call it a depression. But in almost all cases, the stock market leads the economy by about six months or so. So, um, but, it, but just because you have a bear market does not guarantee that there's going to be a recession either. Um, sometimes a bear market leads a recession. Sometimes a bear market just happens and there's no recession. So, again, the, the idea that we might be f seeing a recession here, um, it's only probable. It's not guaranteed. Here's some numbers around that. So we we have some historical data all the way back to 1928. 14 of the bear markets that occurred did precede a recession, but 11 had nothing to do with a recession. Mm -hmm. So it's really not indicative mm -hmm. of a recession. It's a temporary decline in market value and your decisions and your actions during that decline in value will greatly influence your rate of return long run. And we have the numbers on that. You know, we, we look at, there have been studies done on average performance of portfolios versus average performance of investors and investors underperform significantly because we're human, we are emotional, we can't deal with the psychology and we make the wrong decision at the wrong time and we panic and move to cash and then the rate of return is, is significantly lower. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to pause right here for our final break. Uh, if you want to jump in on the conversation or you have any questions or comments about your own personal financial situation, give us a call at 627 She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM 790 WNIS. And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at wealthwayadvisors.com. All right, last segment here, and we want to get a few more key points in about uh, bear markets, investing, um, and the illusion of safety. Yeah, so we're trying to give you some fun facts around bear markets to demystify them, to hopefully make them a little less scary. Um, the more knowledge you have, the more you can hopefully sleep easy at night. So average, so a bear market is a decline of 20% from a some previous peak and, or more, 20% or more. And they happen on average every, let's call it six, seven years. And the average decline is about 33.5%. And then we haven't talked about yet how long the average bear market lasts. Now, 
it depends on how you measure it. It depends on what you consider to be when it's over and when the recovery begins. But you can usually use a benchmark of about two years. Now, that's just an average. We already talked about the last bear market in 2020 where the recovery was like in four months. Mm -hmm. So, of course, every time is different. But on average, what we know, they don't last forever. That's mm -hmm. what we know, that the long-term trajectory of the market is onward and upward, mm -hmm. long-term. So mm -hmm. there will be a recovery. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of when it comes. And the layperson goes, but how can that be? How can the stock market just keep continuing to go up? Well, what is the stock market? How can it go to the sky? Is it infinite? Does it yes. never stop? No. Right? How can that be? Well, through the creative destruction of a capitalist economy. Destruction? Destruction and construction. Okay. I mean, okay. both, actually. Um, you know, what was it, 30 years ago? There was no... There was a Sears and a Kmart. Yeah. But there was no... And Kodak. And Kodak. <laughs> but there was no Walmart. Amazon. There was no Target. There was no Amazon. So the destruction Good of point. Sears and Kmart and the construction of new firms that are more profitable than they were. And they merge. And then the uh, un, um, uncompetitive firms die off. So... There's always a growth aspect to the to capitalism and especially the American economy, but other economies as well. And yes, as long as the economy and GDP continues to grow and thrive, then the companies that make up the stock market and their shares of ownership continue to grow. Except there's periods of time where there are occasional temporary pullbacks like we're seeing right now. Right. So I think it's helpful to just deconstruct what the market is, that it's companies, that you're investing in companies that produce goods, provide services, have value. And turn a profit mm -hmm. which is valuable to investors, and that profit generally grows year after year, albeit when there's a recession, we, we typically see a pullback, or when a company no longer becomes well-run and, and it's no longer profitable, then it starts, then its stock price starts to decline. Um, but overall, in a big group, the companies in the United States tend to grow uh, each year on average about you know seven to nine percent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, so then uh, we want to address a couple things really quickly before the end of the show. We want to address the illusion of safety. So uh, oftentimes the question is, well, where can I invest that my money's safe, that I won't have to go through this painful bear market, but I still get the return of 7%. Mm. Uh, safety, I think, is is an illusion, is something that's sold, like we've said these bear markets are temporary. They are not permanent. The The advance of the market, the, the trend. trend of the market is permanent. So the odds are in your favor long term that you will have more money in the long term than not by being a growth-oriented investment. So when someone is talking about a safe investment, it might mean that there's less volatility, but you're going to be giving up 
a good portion of that long run growth in exchange mm -hmm. for the illusion of safety. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is no free lunch. And if you are willing to hold your investments for uh, at least a five year, closer to maybe 10 year hold period, which you know, most people are. If you start out in your 20s and you're an investor for the rest of your life, I mean, you're 50, 60, 70 years, you know, the probability is exceptionally high that five plus years or longer, you're going to have more money into the future than you do today. But what if you are retired and you're pulling from your portfolio right, right. now? Then you have to have a contingency plan. You have to have a uh, a plan in place for when we go through these inevitable market pullbacks. If you are living off the uh, your portfolio and supplementing your lifestyle with a retirement paycheck from your investments, then it would be prudent to have a backup plan. And in our practice, what we like to do, is, because it's very cheap, cost-effective, because it's very efficient and because it's very liquid and flexible is simply build up your bank account. Instead of having the normal three to six months emergency fund in a bank account, we'd like to, we usually like to see our clients have maybe a year or sometimes up to two years, mm -hmm. depending on their comfort level, if they're really risk averse, uh, of their expenses tucked away safely in a bank account. We know that's there's not earning any money in this interest rate environment. That's not the main purpose. The main purpose of that money is safety, security, comfort, peace of mind, so you can sleep well at night. And if we go into a bear market that is deep enough or severe enough or takes long enough to recover, then we can reduce temporary temporarily reduce or suspend that retirement paycheck out of their investments and then purposefully draw down on that cushy nest egg in their bank account, and their lifestyle never misses a beat. And they don't have to worry about what the market is doing in the short run because they've got all their bases covered. And it's very efficient, cost-effective. You have a lot of control of the situation, and we have yet to really you know, have a market that has tested anyone's of our clients you know bank reserves to any degree uh you know where there would be concern mm -hmm. yeah all right well that's all the time we have for today barry in virginia beach sorry we couldn't get to you we will be back though in three weeks on tuesday june 14th at 6 p.m as usual uh, for certified financial planner allison debril i'm cfp kevin zivna you've been listening to dollars and common sense on am 790 WNIS. The preceding program was sponsored and paid for by Wealthway Financial Advisors. We are solely responsible for.